As a veteran himself and a congressman, our next guest works endlessly to improve and expand health care resources for our veterans. What new health care initiatives are underway to serve the needs of the United States veterans? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment on health care policy. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Congressman Mark Kirk. Congressman Kirk represents the 10th Congressional District of Illinois, located in the northern suburbs of Chicago. Now in his fourth term, Congressman Kirk is a member of the powerful House Appropriations Committee. He is also a Naval Reserve Intelligence Officer and the Vice Chair of the Congressional Diabetes Caucus. He also serves on the Congressional Kidney Caucus and the Biomedical Research Caucus. Today we are discussing veteran affairs and health care policy. Welcome, Congressman Kirk. Thank you for having me. Congressman Kirk, tell us about the state of veteran health care. One other thing that's happening in the world is we see veterans' health care and military health care operating almost entirely separately. So the three million people that are active duty and dependents in the United States military go to one set of hospitals, and the 25 million veterans in the United States go to another. We have now pioneered in northern Illinois the combination of the Veterans Hospital and the Naval Hospital. What do you mean a combination? Literally, both in the same building, joint staffs, joint health information record systems, and most importantly, joint billing. We have unified these two systems. I think it's a model for the future because for the 25 million mainly guys, but also women who are veterans, they're used to a military health care and military way of doing things. For military medicine, especially with new veterans coming home, the additional practice and action of working with veterans is key to their own practice and personal development. So I have pioneered the combination of these two institutions. Over the long run, I think this is going to be a model for the rest of the country where we combine military hospitals and VAs. Did you have trouble getting that going? It was a tremendous battle because when two institutions are created in separate parts of federal law, under separate appropriations bills, and come with traditions that are 100 years in the making, both entirely separate, you have tremendous problems. How the VA bills for replacing a hip compared to how the Navy does is entirely different. Two completely different cultures of medical records on down the line. But with imagination, you put together a system like we've done in the North Chicago VA, just named after Captain James A. Lovell, Jr., the commander of Apollo 13, where we have saved so much money that we have now installed the most advanced MRI machine in my state because of the money saved in having only one galley, one security force, one laundry, seamlessly taking care of 55,000 veterans and 100,000 active duty and independents all in the same institution. Was there opposition to this? There was, mainly bureaucratic, because the commander of the Naval Hospital would like to run it the Navy way and not check with anyone else. The commander of the VA has his own mission. The two missions of the two institutions are slightly different. One is to care for veterans, who is largely now a geriatric population, especially with the World War II guys. The other is to provide daily care for military active duty and families, but to be able to surge in the case of a national emergency. Melding these two missions 
is the key theological point in building the two institutions. But once you've done that, the taxpayer saves a tremendous amount. And the extra money leads to far better wards, operating theaters, pharmacies, and equipment that's available for both those who joined the Navy in 1942 and those who joined the Navy in 2002. I'm curious, Congressman, how did you bring these two groups together? Patient work, it took six and a half years. And in the end, one leader of the VA, he absolutely was wedded to the creation of a small power plant that he absolutely wanted. (laughs) The Navy said that this power plant would charge the Navy exorbitant rates. But to keep this program going, we went down many paths, and that one turned out to be the most difficult. Literally people yelling at each other. But over time, we got through it. Patience and positive thinking. And now I think we're going to see a number of other healthcare institutions around the country combine from the lessons learned here. Joint electronic medical records, joint billing, joint administration, and accreditation of medical staff so that, number one, several VAs around the country will remain open because of this alliance. And number two, new doctors on active duty will have a medical practice that will be far more interesting than otherwise they would have had. If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special segment on health care policy. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and with me today is Congressman Mark Kirk. Today we are discussing health care in the United States. Now, you mentioned that some VAs will be kept open. I believe you kept the North Chicago VA open. Nothing like innovating through sheer terror. Uh, of of uh, of losing an institution, I had roughly sixty thousand veterans who would have lost health care coverage had the original nineteen ninety nine plans for this hospital go forward, but only one mile away was a military hospital, and the u s taxpayer was paying for both two security forces, two laundries, two everythings by combining them. We saved a veterans health care institution. And we significantly upgraded a military healthcare institution. Well, we have military bases and VAs around the country. And we will go through a change in our veterans' population. Over the next 15 to 20 years, we will probably lose most of our World War II guys, which is roughly half of the 25 million veterans that we have. We also have new challenges. Veterans coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, first of all, if they suffered an injury, they are surviving in much larger numbers than their predecessors who came out of World War II. Their injuries are profoundly dramatic. Let's talk about that for a second. What are you seeing? So what you're seeing is, on average, for example, in World War II, roughly half of the casualties were non-combat related because we didn't have a lot of drugs and therapies, etc. The simple act of deploying large numbers of young men to different countries and being outdoors a lot triggered a certain number of losses. Secondly, in combat, roughly 90% of soldiers survived if they made it to an aid station, but you would lose the other 10%. Military medicine has improved to such a degree now that if you make it to the aid station, you have a 99% chance of survival. But some of those patients that are surviving now have catastrophic injuries that they used to die of. For example, When you're driving down a road in Afghanistan and a Taliban explosive device goes up, the kind of head injuries that you could suffer with normally would have triggered a complete loss of life. Military medicine is now so good, synthetic blood, rapid understanding of trauma, aggressive management of infections, etc., that that soldier will survive now. 
but you've got some pretty heavy-duty damages that the military healthcare system never saw before because they would simply lose that patient. Now that American is surviving, but we have made a solemn commitment to care for that American the rest of his life. What are the further challenges that you see, let's say, in the Iraqi soldiers who are coming back well, we also know, for example, that certain prejudices need to be cast aside. What do you mean, sir? One of them was that to anybody who was completely physically unharmed, but mentally incapable of operating, was a coward. Or then later they called it shell shock or combat fatigue. We now know that post-traumatic stress disorder is a casualty like any other that is generated from the stress of going into that kind of... We have seen it in every conflict of the United States, first really emerging out of the jungles of Vietnam, but in every one that we've seen. And it's simply one of the painful costs if the United States ever asks its young men and women to do something difficult in a combat situation. Aggressively treating that and understanding it and wrapping services around that First of all, that military casualty when he or she comes home and then later on as a veteran is a key advance in what's happened in recent years, putting people entirely back together, not just in body, but somewhat in soul. How common is that? For example, we know that on average in World War II, up to the recent day, you'll see about 10%. If they've undergone combat, they will have a number of these symptoms. And that happens to just about everybody. It's also across cultures. British soldiers report it. You know, in my military service, I served with a number of military personnel from across countries, and this is part of the basic human wiring. Understanding the human body, not as we have preconceived notions or prejudice towards, but actually how it is, is the essence of medicine and medical science. And to then wrap research and science, therapy, and then services around that person is underlying the moral commitment we've made to that American who wore the uniform, who said that I will, you know, lay down my life to protect the Constitution of the United States. And now we have a commitment to back that American up. Are we prepared in our VA hospitals to handle this? We are because the system as it is designed now and the number of beds it is designed is a holdover from the World War II generation where we had very large numbers of casualties. You know, remember in World War II we had over 400,000 killed, let alone all of the uh, soldiers wounded. The number of people coming out of the conflicts today are far lower than what we saw, as they would call it, the greatest generation. I think the key here is the severity of the injury and the techniques used to put that soldier back together. One young man from northern Illinois, Patrick Teeterman, a Marine Corps sniper that was moving across a building in Baghdad, didn't see a hole in the roof and fell five floors to a concrete basement. His helmet cracked open. The Marine Corps Commandant said he had never seen a soldier who broke his helmet open and survived. When I saw him at Bethesda Naval Hospital, he had 14 bones broken with uh, pins and stabilizers throughout his body. And Patrick is jogging today. This is a revolution in military medicine that even as recently as the Korean War would have not been possible. Will this joint venture between the VA and Navy, and hopefully as a prototype for other joint ventures, help in dealing with the veteran coming back from war and the prior veterans? It will because it will keep a number of VAs open. It will provide substantial new resources for equipment, therapy, and staff. 
it will make the medical practice of those who work in those institutions far more interesting and rewarding. You know, we think about the options that a medical professional would have to seek accreditation and have their practice in a VA or in the military itself. You might not make the most money, but we want to make sure that your pay and benefits are good, that your medical practice is interesting, that if you're in a larger center, you have opportunities to conduct research, and that this life in medicine is as good as some of the other choices that you could have made. I want to thank Congressman Kirk, who has been our guest. We have been discussing veteran affairs and health care policy. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment on health care policy on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.